Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. It's another Sunday edition of the Yahoo Sports Hockey Podcast. Justin Cuthbert hanging out with Julian McKenzie. And we have our Stanley Cup final. Not really a surprising one, but an exciting one. Nonetheless, Colorado Avalanche will face the Tampa Bay Lightning, who are back for a third straight Stanley Cup final appearance. Of course, they're going for the three-peat. They were successful trips the last two, and we'll see what happens with this third one uh, just to come here. This is very, very exciting. Julian, we've reached the end of the season. Not the end of the Yahoo Sports Hockey Podcast with you and I. We've still got a couple more episodes in the in the uh, in the queue here, but this is pretty exciting to be able to talk about a pretty fantastic Stanley Cup final. I'm excited because I mean we get two of the best teams, the the loaded offense and loaded team that the Avalanche have, the Cup champion, reigning Cup champion, Lightning going for a three feet and going for a modern day dynasty. This is also a Stanley Cup final matchup. I wanted last year like at the beginning of last year i was like okay this is what we're getting and mm-hmm. then at the beginning of those playoffs i was like all right we're probably gonna get like pittsburgh and vegas or something and then we got tampa montreal so you know these things just you know it's just the weird thing with the Stanley Cup final is it's not often you get the matchup you really really want like sometimes you'll try to just try to call it because some team has this amount of experience or this team has a hot goalie or you're trying to call the the cinderella story to work we got a matchup where we genuinely got two powers. Uh, well, one seemingly at the height of their powers and another one looking to become that superpower that they've been projecting themselves to be for years. It's not often we get those that matchup, but we actually got it. And I know I kind of overhyped the Western Conference final, thinking it was going to be something we were going to get, uh, like something spectacular, like McDavid and McCarr and McKinnon and all that. So I'm going to try to temper my expectations a little bit for this Stanley Cup final, but I'm still very excited at what we're going to get. Yeah, I mean, listen, what happens, happens. Uh, we thought the Oilers and Avalanche would be this, like, explosion of fun and offense, and it was for at least two games. It was very, very entertaining. We got two unbelievable games, but it was a little bit lopsided. I'm not sure how this was. This one's going to play out. Uh, we'll get into, like, a, a deeper breakdown a little bit later in the show. But I do, as you said that, one thing just pops into my head, and we can kind of start off this and maybe circle back, is that, yeah. okay, for the Lightning, it's this opportunity to do something, like, 
no other team I think we would even expect to do again. Like this is pretty unbelievable what they've accomplished. Uh, greatest team I think probably you and I have ever seen, at least in this like short little window. I think they've usurped the Chicago Black Docks in terms of like best team of the salary cap era. They might have done that already before making it to the Stanley Cup final. And for that reason, there's like pressure, pressure to have this, don't let this opportunity you know, pass them by. Like John Cooper said at the start of the Leaf series that if you're you're right there on the cusp of greatness, why not bang down that door? I mean, they are right there and they have that opportunity to do something that I don't know if we'll ever see again. But I think there are more pressures on the avalanche because they've been around just as long, not just as long, but you know, they've been around for a few years and they are one of the teams that has suffered or is about to suffer from the cost of winning without having won yet. And they're going to be a different looking team next year. And this is their chance, their best chance, at least to win a Stanley cup. Now we would have thought we probably would have said the same thing about the lightning two years ago, maybe a year ago. Like there was no way they're going to be able to do it again because they're going to lose players, which they did. But the avalanche have this one opportunity perhaps, and they've got to take advantage of it while the other team, the lightning can like kind of free roll at the table a little bit because they already have two. They could win another and they might not even change as much as Colorado will this summer. So lots of pressure on both sides, but for different reasons. I wonder if you see it that way as well. That's actually a really good point. I think you've made a really good point there. Just, I think of Nathan McKinnon last year getting bounced in the second round saying he's been in the league how many years and he hasn't won ish. I think that's also part of it too. Like guys like Steven Stamkos, they have their rings. Nikita Kucherov, all those guys, they can say they have their rings and they will be forever remembered in, in Stanley Cup history. Nathan McKinnon is a guy we consider to be in the top three, no lower than top five as far as I'm concerned. And, and you can make an argument no lower than top three, really, in terms mm-hmm. of the best players in the National Hockey League. And if he loses this Stanley Cup here, I mean, considering how hard it is to get up to that mountain, you can make there's a chance Colorado might not ever get back to that place again like look Colorado should be this team that should be going to the conference final and final every year but with the way hockey works sometimes you don't get that chance I'm with you on the fact that there is more pressure on the Colorado Avalanche they haven't done it before they have uh they're likely going to lose players like Nassim Kadri to free agency because they can't afford them all once they start paying for Nathan McKinnon and what he's actually worth, that's also going to affect the way that they view salary and players filling in those spots going forward. This is the time for the Colorado Avalanche to get it done. And again, with the way that the rest of the league looks and how teams could get better. Look, we're laughing at the Vegas Golden Knights and their plight right now. If everyone's healthy for a full run, what's stopping them from going back to the Stanley Cup final next year and even beating a a team like the Colorado Avalanche? There's no time like the present to do it if you're Colorado. I see where you're getting at with more pressure being on them. Yeah, these are the two teams of the last five years, I would say. Like the Lightning, we know the history. Greatest regular season, or was it the greatest regular season? Anyways, most wins, I think. 62 wins uh, before they crashed out versus Columbus. And of course, they've won the last two Stanley cups have the chance for a third Colorado's bagged a president's trophy. They've probably won just as many games as anyone in the regular season over these last five years. These are the two teams that we've been talking about potentially meeting in a Stanley cup final for two, three years now, because they are the classes of their conferences or at least have been in recent history, but yeah, only one of them's won. And one of them's 
got a chance to win a third while the other one has a could possibly see their time pass them by uh, just a little bit because there are going to be changes and I do expect them to be around. Um, they still have got Nathan McKinnon for at least one more year on that $6 million salary. Kale McCarr gets a little bit of a bump, but uh, things are going to change a little bit. This is their best chance. So let's see if they can take advantage of their best chance like the Tampa Bay Lightning have done. Um, I think we should focus in on the Lightning for just a second because mm-hmm. um, I just found myself marveling at them last night. It's like they are, you know, like the the greatest chess players on the planet or whatever. Like they can just figure out the opponent every single time. Uh, they're going on their what? It'll be their 11th straight postseason series victory they've got now. Pat Maroon has what, 15 in a row? 15. Which is insane. He might be the biggest winner in the history of the NHL, um, or at least modern NHL. But at least they just find a way to figure out what your weakness is, figure out how they can beat you and execute a game plan. What they did in games five and six was remarkable. I mean, they just basically shut down the Rangers at every turn. They had maybe one or two blips that they were able to immediately answer with Steven Stamko scoring, what, seconds after they finally gave up a goal in game, game six. Their ability to prevent the opposition from getting shots, the ability to play a lockdown defensive zone, uh, unbelievable this team really is bulletproof and i continue every single time we see them win it just gets more and more impressive to me like like it was kind of expected against montreal and then it was impressive against the leafs and then they just blew florida out of the water and then this series the way that they rebounded from that o2 deficit uh unbelievable like I, i just have not seen a team like them in the Stanley cup playoffs. And it's what they, it is the exact opposite of what they were. They were a team that was vulnerable. They were a team that was one note. And now they figured out how to be the best possible version of themselves in the playoffs and nothing can beat them. The salary cap at this point is the best thing that could beat them uh, with the way that they try to put together their rosters, but just, especially in this postseason the way they found ways to win games and take series leads and, and basically take away uh, the will and souls. I'm thinking particularly of, of Florida here, but they just have this killer instinct that I don't think many or any other NHL team has like that game, that first series against the Toronto Maple Leafs, that game seven, Nick Paul coming up in the clutch. Like, that was insane. I still think about that game two or game three in that Florida series where Ross Colton scores after mm-hmm. the Panthers go on the power play and they have a, arguably their best looking power play of that series. And Tampa still finds a way to get it done. Tampa, a 2 0 series deficit. When was the last time they had a 2 0 series deficit? Because they, it had been some time before they Columbus, had lost. I guess. Yeah, it had been some time before they had lost back-to-back games in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Their backs were against the wall as as far as we've seen them over the last two, three years. And they just go off and just win four straight. And Andre Palat is a huge reason why they end up winning all of those games. And 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 remember people were asking, oh, Andre Vasilevsky doesn't look the same. He, he just looks, he looks fine. He's, he's no big deal. You know, just <laughs> still being the best goaltender in the world. Just when we were ready to just pass it off to Igor Shosturkin, who had himself a great series. But Andre Vasilevsky reminded everyone who he is. This is, this could easily, this could arguably be the most impressive of all three of their Stanley Cup final runs. And I'm somebody who is big on the fact that 
the Lightning were able to win those cups in a bubble in a shortened COVID season. Like the fact that they were able to do all this amidst COVID, I still have high marks for them. I mean, look, we probably shouldn't have even been playing in COVID. So the fact that they were able to do this, they deserve a lot of marks. But the fact that if the Lightning are able to pull this off, having gone through a full NHL season, having gone through a tough seven game out in the first round against a top team in the Toronto Maple Leafs, sweeping the President's Trophy winners and 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 knocking off an upstart Rangers team after being down 2-0. I mean, I mean, if we want, we can go through every we can look through every single series they went through leading up to that, but that might be a bit too time consuming. But considering the challenges they went through this postseason to get to this point. And now they have to go up against the Colorado Avalanche. If they pull this off, you can make the argument this is the most impressive of their of their of their three Stanley Cup wins. If they get to that point, I agree with you. It would easily be their greatest accomplishment because the path was more difficult. I, I don't even think there's any doubt. We were talking, uh, I believe, near the start of the Toronto Tampa series that whoever gets through this has the most difficult path to the Stanley Cup. And sure enough, it's it's literally played out in front of us, and we've seen it. It has been incredibly difficult but the lightning have sort of done it with ease i mean it was ease over the of the president's trophy winning florida panthers it was tight against toronto and it was tenuous at times against the new york rangers but they found a way and what's most impressive especially after winning two stanley cups is that there were opportunities for them to be like okay we just don't we don't have it we don't got it there were opportunities presented to them both against toronto and new york where they could have folded Instead, they decided to be perfect. They decided to be literally perfect across four games versus the New York Rangers. And yes, the New York Rangers ran out of gas a little bit, I think. Uh, A lot of injuries were piling up. You could see it affect their performance. But guess what? Braden Point hasn't been seen since game seven versus the Toronto Maple Leafs. And what? They've got a eight and two record since then. Unbelievable. Eight and two without Braden Point. They just figure out a way to be as malleable as possible and fit in all the gaps and play the way that they need to play when they need to play it. They are the most versatile team in the NHL. They can play and and beat you in any way possible. And now they have the biggest challenge ahead of them. You're right. In the Colorado Avalanche, who are faster than any of the teams they played, more talented, at least from a balanced standpoint, with two immensely talented defensemen, Nathan McKinnon, all these great forwards, they are going to be another stiff challenge. But who, who's not believing that Tampa will figure out the best way possible to play this team? Because they figure out the best way possible to play everyone, and more often than not, or at least every time over the last 11 series, they've found a way to beat the team with the recipe needed in order to beat that team. They are spectacular, and I'm looking at the odds I'm seeing Tampa plus 170 to win, plus 170. Wow. That's, that, That's that a, seems that like it, it's tight, right? No, that is way wider than I thought it was going to be. Like you, 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 could put, tell I, you could tell I don't gamble or do any of the cuff bets. I really should. You put 100 bucks <laughs> on Tampa, you could win 207. So you take home two, 270 from your $100 bet. Basically, it's we're approaching. Or sorry, I don't even know what I'm doing now. Yeah, two seven. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's almost two to one odds, which is insane to me because uh, I don't know that like what they're they continue to find a way every single time, and Colorado is dealing with a goaltender disadvantage, 
they are without, or they have been without Nazem Kadri. Braden Point could come back. This should be mm. a 50-50 split right now, and the odds are seriously, seriously in Colorado's favor. Uh, we could, like I'll get into it later. Uh, a little later, I'm going to do like a little betting thing uh, this mm-hmm. week. But I already have futures on both teams. I win more money if Tampa wins, and that's I guess reflected in the odds. But if I didn't have anything on it, I would be looking at Tampa because the value play has to be there. This should be closer to 50-50 for me, and it's pretty wide. I'm I'm shocked, honestly. Yeah, just Tampa has everything. It's just the one thing I think about with Colorado is that even if Nazem Kadri might it might take him some time before he gets into the series. They're just they're maybe they're just as deep as, as Tampa is as well. Like I think just we've seen so many instances in the playoffs where uh look, they play they've played through a bunch of injuries as well. Don't forget Sam Girard is not available to them on the back end as well. But they've been able to get good goals, get good goals from guys like Nachuskin and 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 JT Comfer as well. And we were still thinking about the Darren Helm series winner. Like I think with the way Colorado plays they have the top talent to kind of guide them through, but they can get that occasional goal scoring from guys at the bottom as well. Like it, we could be for like, it is also interesting that both these two teams are missing very valuable centers, at least for the start of this series, but it's very likely that Braden point might come back a lot sooner than Nazem Kadri. But I still think we're in for a pretty close series. It's just that the goaltending is just going to be the big the big difference between these two teams. And normally mm-hmm. I'm, I'm big on the goaltending. It's just, there's something about this Colorado team this year. And the fact that they've been able to play through and withstand all of these different injuries and the, and the style of play that they have, that leads me to think that they could still get it done over Tampa, but the way that they've, that Tampa has been able to lock up all these other teams when they really need to, like it, they can make this, they, they'll make this close. And if they wake up, here's the thing. If they start off this series tired, like they've done a lot of times in the playoffs this year, Colorado has to bury them. But as soon as they find their legs, as soon as, and maybe they're at that point now, but as soon as they find their legs and they start playing, ironically, it's the lightning that play like an avalanche. Like you just can't stop them. It's a, I think we're going to be in, I tried not to hype this up, but here I am again. I think it's, (laughs) this could be a really good series. And maybe goaltending is the biggest differentiator between these two teams, but I still think we're in for some good games. I mean, it should like it, it would literally have to play out like the Avalanche being a minus 200 favorite. I think when you take goaltending out of it, because that could level the playing field, like it could be a lot of light, the lightning trying to just withstand what Colorado's throwing at them. But a lot of what Tampa's games have been have looked that way where it's just them blocking shots and Vasilevsky start. Like, that's what they do. That is their recipe. They just get five men behind the puck. They block shots. They have superb goaltending. That's their recipe. And they counterattack. They take advantage of their opportunities. Ross Colton, Steven Stamkos, they just score when they need to have to, when they need to, when those opportunities are presented to them. But if the chances are equal, if the chances are a 60-40 split in favor of Colorado, you have to believe that Vasilevsky can give Tampa the edge. Like Colorado is going to have to own this series from a five on five standpoint, I think in order to win it, because Vasilevsky is going to have a massive, massive advantage. Maybe his biggest advantage so far in these playoffs 
If you look at the goaltenders he's overcome, Jack Campbell played really well. Sergei Bobrovsky was fine, and he's a pretty he's up and down, but he had a good year and he's got capabilities himself. And of course, Igor Shostyurkin is the next Vasilevsky in a lot of ways. And he proved, despite a little wobbly start, that he was better than him, too. Uh, I'm 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 shocked. I might have to double down on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, or at least maybe the confidence challenge will uh will figure out yeah. the stakes there. Uh we'll we'll get to that in a bit. I do have one more question that's kind of gambling-esque. Um, but if the Lightning won the Stanley Cup, who do you think would win the Con Smythe trophy right now? Andre Vasilevsky is was my leading contender for that, just because of how he's you know played throughout most of this postseason. Uh, but it, it's kind of weird beyond that. Like, I mean. I'm trying to think if there's been like one real significant, like there hasn't, there's no one. That's that's it. Like there's no one beyond Andre Vasilevsky on the Tampa Bay lightning who has consistently torched teams throughout the playoffs. Like it's been a collective effort Mm -hmm. throughout and there's been different heroes and different big players at all these different series. We're talking about Nick Paul in one game, Andre Palat had a, a couple of good games against the Rangers Ross Colton coming up huge with Nikita Kucherov has had his moments as well. And, and I'm not even convinced he's playing at hundred percent, but mm-hmm. the one constant in throughout all of these series is Andre Vasilevsky standing on his head and keeping his team in it and winning these games. So I, I think Andre Vasilevsky for me is the leading candidate off of the Tampa Bay lightning to win the Conn Smythe trophy. I think by far he should be the leading candidate. And yet Nikita Kucherov is the favorite among Lightning players with the really? shortest odds to win the Smythe Trophy. I am shocked by this. I saw it this morning. Again, if I wasn't so invested on the Lightning victory, uh, I would probably going be going towards it. I've already bet on Andre Vasilevsky at way better odds, so I'm not going to touch it again. But unless this is a Lifetime Achievement Award, <laughs> then it should go to Andre Vasilevsky. If it's about these playoffs, Andre Vasilevsky, who's 12-5, and 5, 928 save percentage, not even 12 and five, 12 and four, right? No, 12 and five, 12 yeah, and five. Yeah, lost like, three, like, lost three games. It's to insane. 12 yes. and five, nine twenty-eight. brilliant bounce back efforts in games. Uh, obviously his run of not losing after a loss came to an end against the Rangers, but then he responded with four straight wins uh, and was brilliant again. in all these elimination opportunities, Andre Vasilevsky won it last year. That doesn't mean he shouldn't win it this year. And Nikita Kucherov being maybe second best, to both Hedman and Vasilevsky in the last two doesn't mean he should win it this year. Andre Vasilevsky has easily been the most dominant player for the Lightning. We're talking about back-to-back Smythe trophies, that happening, and him putting himself in the conversation for not only like the top five, top three, but the best goaltender ever in terms of like resumes. He should yeah. be winning this contract, Smythe Trophy, unless something serious changes. Nikita Kucherov simply being the leading scorer isn't enough for me. The fact that he came very close to winning previous Con Smythe Trophies, not enough for me. He kind of slept walk through the Leaf series. He's been really, really good and important at times, and he's r- risen to the occasion. But Vasilevsky is the rock for this team. And of course, he should be the favorite for the Lightning. I, I was shocked to see that this morning. I. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here, but why not get ahead of ourselves? You brought up a really interesting point about Vasilevsky and how this Stanley Cup final could affect his legacy so much that we could be talking about him as one of the best ever. Like, thinking about it here, just because 
guys like Patrick Waugh, three Stanley Cups. Yeah, four Stanley Cups, actually. Uh, Martin Berdur has at least two or three Stanley Cups. Uh, yeah. We're thinking of guys like Dominic Kashik who have been as dominant as they've been. Or, or or other guys like Eddie Belfort or Marc-Andre Fleury getting 500 wins and he has a cup to his resume. He has at least one cup to his resume. Like, Andre Vasilevsky, at least in the modern era in terms of goaltending, like, yeah, we should already be throwing him up there with Carey Price and Henrik Lundqvist. But that you do bring, I think you bring up a really interesting point where if the Lightning are able to get this done, this puts Andre Vasilevsky... I mean, I think he's already a Hall of Fame goalie. This, I think, certifies it. Like, dude could retire if he oh, yeah. after he wins this next club, next cup, yeah. and go straight into the Hockey Hall of Fame. I think we, we're going to have to start having that conversation about where we rank Andre Vasilevsky in terms of goaltenders all time. How many goaltenders in NHL history before Andre Vasilevsky have you ever thought were as dominant as they as he was in a game seven? Because the way we talk about Andre Vasilevsky in game sevens is on par with how we talk about Mariano Rivera as a closer. Like there's no, there might be no other goalie you would want in a game seven, maybe beyond Carey Price once upon a time. But I think now if you pull a lot of people in and around the game, I think Vasilevsky is that dude. And I don't think he's, I can't think of any other goalie who's ever been, I think for me, maybe Carey Price comes as close. But I can't think of any other goalies ever been as dominant as he's been. Andre Vasilevsky, meaning uh, in in a, an elimination game, in a game seven, where the stakes are high, he just is that dude. And the Stanley Cup final now, thinking about it, that is an opportunity to elevate his legacy well beyond what it is right now and firmly establish that he is a Hall of Famer and the best goaltender of this era. No one has the Grim Reaper quality, right? Like Dominic Hasek played for inferior Buffalo teams and sort of took them further than they ever deserved to go. But Andre mm-hmm. Vasilevsky is a goalie befitting of the best team that you and I have ever seen play hockey. Like he is absolutely he he, he is like people like to separate the goalie and be like, oh, you only did that because of that. Like, no, this is this is the best team and this is the best goalie, and together they make themselves into what they are, which is potentially the team of our lifetime. Um, Vasilevsky, I think, is on another level, at least in the current NHL, but is on the path to being right there with all the legends of the game that we've seen before. And what's really impressive about these three Stanley Cups, I mean, there's a lot of things, but he's like, he's stared down elite competition all the way through. Like he's overcome a goaltending matchup versus Carey Price. He's overcome a goaltending matchup versus Igor Shesterkin. He's gone head-to-head with Ben Bishop in a Stanley Cup final. Like, whoever the best goaltenders are at the time, it seems like he can just prove that he's better than. And, of course, it helps to play for the Tampa Bay Lightning, but he is what they built themselves around. They built themselves around having a brilliant netminder who can make all the saves that are within reason, then they can get in front of shooting lanes and make things easier for them, and they can counter. I mean, when they were just trying to be, when they were trying to win game six, five, and they were leaving their goaltender out to dry, he wasn't as good as he is now. But with the committed team defense, Andre Vasilevsky is talented enough to, and has the nerve and the guts to be big in big moments. Like it's the perfect marriage. Vasilevsky and the Lightning are like reflections of each other, the true greatness on each side, and the fact that they get that they are one is really what makes this team special. And for that reason, 
he should be the guy winning the consummate trophy. I will say just to, just to add to that, Kale McCarr and Nathan McKinnon are basically coin flips in terms of who would win for Colorado. They're at plus one ninety and plus two ten respectively. So uh, you can kind of you can double your money with one of those, or I guess it would be triple your money with one of those. Um, and uh, Nikita Kucherov is plus three seventy five. Vasilevsky plus four fifty. Man. I can't you are that. handling this gambling stuff better than I do on the CJ show. Like this is amazing. I mean, I uh I dabble. I got I got Vasilevsky at plus 2900. So uh that's a nice one for me. That's a nice one for me. Okay. Yeah, uh yeah. you'd win about 290. 290 on a $10 bet for that. Um so I'm a little a little perturbed actually at the fact that Nikita Kucherov is ranked ahead of him at least with the Vegas odds, but I trust the hockey writers who love writing a great story. They're the ones who choose who wins the consummate trophy. If you want to mm-hmm. write a legacy piece at the end of the Stanley cup final with the Tampa Bay lightning winning your legacy piece begins and ends with Andre Vasilevsky because he is like, he personifies the greatness that we are seeing right now because of how good he is and how good he has been and probably how good he'll have to be. That's another thing. Vasilevsky's going to have to be brilliant in order for Colorado to not win the Stanley cup, given all the firepower that the avalanche have. Let's go to the Rangers quickly. Uh, I'll just float it to you this way. Do you expect them to be back? Uh, They're kind of ahead of schedule. At least it would seem Uh, they've got a brilliant netminder themselves. They've got some great talent up front, but it's not easy. And sometimes these things can be flashes in the pan. Dallas stars haven't been back. Montreal Canadians finished last. I think at the NHL this year, uh, just because you get deep in the playoffs doesn't mean you're going to be like the Tampa Bay Lightning the next year. Uh, so do you expect the Rangers to be able to build on this? Yeah, because, and, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but just the way that this roster looks, this isn't a roster in my eyes that is overachieving and we expect them to miss the playoffs. Like the Canadians last year, that was a team that overachieved beyond its means and probably should not have been in the position that they were in. The Rangers are are a team with a core that should be getting better. They just happen to be well ahead of schedule. No one expected them to be in the conference final this soon, or at least not a lot of people, because I actually, on a bracket for the SDPN, I did say that they were going to make the conference final. So tapping myself on the back. Um, But I'll say this with the New York Rangers, the fact that they have the core that they have up front, uh, the defense, like younger pieces like Andre Miller doing very well. And then Igor Shosturkin, Um, playing into the prime of his career, like there's a window that's like opened up now where they can try, they have to try to maximize as much as they can on that and and take advantage uh, now that they're well ahead of schedule. It's just probably a little bit longer or a little bit more wide open than it might've been had they, I don't know, maybe missed the playoffs this year or just kind of went about their rebuild just the way everyone else expects them to over like maybe a four or five year period. But I expect the Rangers to at least be back. It's just the same argument I was bringing up with the Colorado Avalanche and how important it is for them to win this year. Teams are going to get better. Teams are going to improve themselves. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it could affect a team like the Rangers in their trajectory towards the conference final. I'm not as uh, familiar with their cap structure and and what pieces they're going to have to account for. But at some point, they're going to have to pay, well, at least in there, at least for the Rangers, because of how it's worked out with Lafreniere and Capocacco not being these world world being dynamo players, they probably yeah. aren't going to have to sign them to these exorbitant contracts when it comes time. So that probably helps. Uh, 
So yeah, I, I think that will definitely help their situation. And plus it's New York. Like if you're trying to get people to come play in New York, I don't think you're going to have to struggle with that compared to like a Winnipeg or an Arizona for the next how many years. I think the New York Rangers have put themselves in a position where they have a good nucleus and they are capable. They should be able to, to build around it to put themselves in a position where they should be competitive for the next how many years. Yeah, I think they acted like a team that was maybe a little bit more ahead of, or uh, or a little bit further along than uh, maybe they really were by going out and getting a lot of you know pending UFAs that they might have to like spend a lot in order to retain like Andrew Cop, Frank Vitrano, so on and so forth. So they act they but they were right. They were a team that was you know a couple wins away from getting to the Stanley Cup final. Like they had a better read than I think a lot of people did when they were questioning whether they should have went out and got those rentals and. I, I think there's some there's some good and bad with being ahead of schedule, if we want to call it ahead of schedule. Um, but I think you bring up a great point there that Lafreniere, Kako, Heedle, they're guys that are going to all of them. I don't know if they all need contracts next year, the, the year after, but soon enough, they're going to need deals. But none of them have really emerged as something that's, you know, OK, we got to break the bank in order to retain like they almost fall into the salary structure of Panarin and Zibanejad, uh and uh, Fox and Truba, you know, making the most on this team. And that's a benefit that these guys had a lot of experience at this at this level. Uh, you've seen the good and the bad from them. You've seen what maybe they need in order to be the difference makers. But if you could pay them before, perhaps you can keep the prices down to a reasonable degree and keep that core um, together. But as the old saying goes, you build championship teams from the net out. And if that is true, well, they've got Igor Shostyurkin, who's by far, uh, you know, a, an elite goaltender, probably the second best goalie in the league, could be the best goalie in the league next year. If Vasilevsky's, you know, at, at his, the peak of his powers and may might decline, I, I, I wouldn't, you know, set my watch to that by any means. But Shostyurkin is an elite, elite goaltender and someone you expect to be great in the postseasons and postseasons to come. And then in front of him, you got Adam Fox, who's an absolute stud. I gained a yep. greater appreciation for him over the last two months. Ryan Lindgren, the same thing, his defense partner, gained an appreciation for him. Jacob Truba, uh, maybe overpaid, but certainly a factor and undeniably so in the playoffs. And then Keandre Miller, who is, you know, very young and into the first, like, the salad days of his career, and was awesome. So they've got a legitimate top four that you don't have to mess with, you don't have to worry about whatsoever, and an elite goaltender. So with that base, whatever you do up front, it almost doesn't even matter because you're going to be competitive with those five guys being the foundation of your team. So I expect big things from the Rangers. They've got to make a lot of changes. they got to sign players. They're going to be able to attract players. I think I think they're going to be very, very competitive for the next little while because of who they have in goal and who they have as a top four defensive pair uh, group that can really compare to almost anyone in the league. Yeah, I mean, the fact that the fact that they have like a Norris candidate defense player in Adam Fox, who I've, I've, been, I've been on record saying this, he should be going for the Norris for the next decade. And then everyone else around him in that top four is solid and well above average. Like that's 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 on par with some of the best defensive cores in the league. Yep. Like, like how many other teams could you say could you say that you could put their top four compared to the Rangers? The top two four in the Stanley defense? Cup final. That's it. That's basically it. Honestly. And like and like which is something that, that teams should be not a secret that quality defense gets you pretty far in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Jake 
Jacob Trouba has to be easily the oldest one of all those guys. Oh, yeah. I think well, so, yeah. I, Lindgren could be sneaky older than we think, but I think he's still pretty young. But like it's like they're not like an aging core. Like this is a, this is a, a good again. Like the pieces that are there are healthy. Like it's good. I think it's good for them that they got to the point that they're at right now, getting to the conference final. Not to mention the added playoff experience that they were able to get. Like I like I, I see it here. Like there's an even if it didn't work out the way of the Rangers, there's a weird transfer of power that could have easily happened if the Rangers won that series. I just think the Rangers just have the pieces and I get other teams can do well in the Eastern conference and get better. But the Rangers have some great pieces all around the lineup that can help them get back to this point again, and then eventually surpass that. We haven't even gotten to Gerard Gallant, who's, who's proven that he is a good coach. Mm-hmm. I, I, like, I, I We've seen him get bounced around from different teams. And I think this year kind of proved, I think the last year or so between the world championship last year and this playoff run, I think this put a lot of people on notice that Gerard Gallon is actually a good coach in the National Hockey League. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, no, there's not zero controversy. Uh, the fact that Capo Caco didn't play in game yes. six is something that people are going to be talking about. Uh, and maybe there's an issue brewing there. But this is a guy who routinely gets the best out of his group. And there's obviously no better example than taking a misfit Vegas Golden Knight team that everyone sort of laughed at when they was chosen to the Stanley cup final in year one. Like there's no better example than that, but this is a good example as well. And they are bet- they, Well, I don't know say they're better than that team, but they have more easily identifiable pieces. They've got a Vesna winning netminder in a couple of weeks. They've got a former Norris, Norris trophy winner in Adam Fox, who's going to be right there with Kale McCarr for the next 10 years. As you mentioned, uh, they've got a lot of really solid pieces and they just need to continue getting decent support into the system. Maybe one more impact player. You just rely on internal growth with Lafreniere, maybe Kako and Hedl. They've, uh, they've got a lot that they have to do this summer, but they have a lot to work with. So I, I think we should expect the Metropolitan Division to perhaps go through the New York Rangers for maybe as much as the next five years with what they've got cooking there. So an impressive run for the New York Rangers, but it does fall uh, two games short of reaching the Stanley Cup final this year. Okay, let's get into a preview of that Stanley Cup final. I, we could got to take this with whatever way we want to go here, but I think there's some key matchups, um, you know, sprinkled throughout and maybe one that sort of piques your attention and we can kind of base our discussion off that. But to me, this is speed versus structure with Colorado yeah. being easily the fastest team in the league. But the most structured team in the league is the Tampa Bay Lightning. So will that speed be able to break down that structure? We shall see. You got Vasilevsky versus whoever plays for Colorado. We've kind of touched on that. We know there's an advantage for, for the Tampa Bay Lightning. We have Anthony Sorelli, who probably, I think Kevin BX actually mentioned it. He should get some love for the Consumite Trophy, given what he has done from a defensive standpoint and shutting down the opposition. Can he hang with Nathan McKinnon? We've got Carr and McCarr and uh, John, uh, Jonathan Taze. Devon Taze versus Kucherov and Stamkos. Kadri and point will one of them get back will one of them be more effective than the other uh, there's a lot to sort of digest here so what sort of sticks out to you first as you kind of size up this series probably the Sorelli Mac matchup here because there aren't many players who play like Nathan McKinnon who have mm-hmm. the speed and the strength in that combination 
like Anthony Sorelli, a tremendous defensive forward. We've seen him lock down some of the best players in the world. And maybe we'll have to do some deep diving on how he's done against other guys who could come close to Nathan McKinnon to see what he could do in a matchup like this. But if Anthony Sorelli is able to, to kind of wrangle down Nathan McKinnon, who can sometimes play like a bull in a China shop, that would go down as Sorelli's most impressive defensive performance. It's just like, yeah, good luck trying to hang with Nathan McKinnon and the speed that he's able to bring in. But this next, the next matchup, the speed versus structure idea as a whole, because Colorado has shown that, you know, if they're on the counter, if they're taking it up the ice, they have speed to burn and they have offense to burn and they are able to torch teams if they can. And Hey, is it going to work for Tampa for them to get to a point where they just have to have everyone behind the line and just block shots and have Eric Chernak like blocking like a whole handful of them <laughs> and eating shots from Kale McCarr? Like yeah. that might be the key for the Lightning here, just ensuring that whatever shooting lanes are available for Tampa for, for Colorado, you know, they have to come from distance. The farther you're away from the goal, the lesser your chances are of scoring. I don't know. I, I think with the structure and the, and the know-how, that's also going to be a big thing too. And I'm, I'm one of those guys who's big on experience in the Stanley Cup playoffs, but the Tampa Bay Lightning know how these games get when it really comes down to it. And it's still a bit, a little sort of new territory for the Colorado Avalanche on that effect. I mean, they came off a, a dominant conference final, but they also played up against a team that also didn't have that much conference final experience. So I, I think the experience at the end of the day that might be another added matchup to this inexperience versus experience uh with how with the tampa bay lightning have been able to go through in a conference final and a final compared mm -hmm. to the colorado avalanche who we talk up as a team that has done really well over these last how many years but hasn't reached this point yet i wonder that yeah speed and structure jumps out to me because i, I if any if any team's going to slow down colorado it's tampa and I feel like that might sort of take a little bit from the series because I think Tampa is going to have to have a cautious approach to expect them to trade chances with the lightning or with the avalanche is, is probably not the recipe. But the thing about the Colorado avalanche is the speed is like uniform. Like it doesn't slow down. There's no off switch. There's no, oh, Nathan McKinnon's on the bench. Here's our time to breathe. It is it is always like that. And guys like Pat Maroon, Corey Perry, um, Belmar, like they're going to be a little bit outgunned in terms of speed. Like it's, it doesn't slow down. There's no Ryan Reeves on the other side or, or Jason Spezza, or, I mean, Joe Thornton got into game four, but that's, that was a non-factor. There's no, like, it's, it's always going to be high pressure. And that's what really separates Colorado. I think from everybody else is that they are the same team at all times, even if the, you know, the top, top end talent isn't necessarily sprinkled throughout the entire lineup, they just play fast all the time. And it's always going to have Tampa Bay, you know, leaning on that structure because I think they're going to be grasping at that in order to hold on at times in this series. So I wonder if the advantages are lower in the lineup. I wonder if they do a good job with Sorelli against McKinnon, but in the depths of the lineup, it's the maybe JT Confer comes up with some big moments even that fourth line that we've seen have big moments in these playoffs to this point I, I just feel like there's less of a use for Patty Maroon and and so on and so forth and I wonder if that's kind of where the advantages lie but it's going to be it's going to be top end versus top end and the Makar and Taves versus Kucherov and Stamkos Kucherov and Stamkos have built their playoffs on counterattacks and what what pairing is better against counters 
than Devontae's and Kale McCarr. I mean, we saw what they, they were able to do against Connor McDavid at times. I wonder if Kucherov and Stamkos are going to have a difficult time uh, in this series specifically. So just trying to figure out where the advantages might lie. It's, it's difficult because I feel like a lot of this is going to be sort of shooting gallery stuff for Colorado while they have a lot of possession, but are struggling to make best use of it. And that doesn't make up, you know, that doesn't lead to the best sort of aesthetically pleasing hockey. Uh, But that's kind of what I see is Colorado is going to own the puck a lot, but Tampa is going to make it really, really difficult for them to break through and it might come down to some players that we don't expect to actually get those moments, uh, make those moments count for Colorado. Yeah, like if you're Colorado and you're going up against Andre Vasilevsky, what are you doing to make his life a living hell? That's one question I have about what their game plan is going to be in order to try to negate that advantage that the Tampa Bay Lightning have. You mentioned make a good point as well with, with Colorado likely being on the puck a lot, but Tampa's going to have to make it tough. Is that just like, taking away the middle of the ice and just pushing them off to the wing, but a team like Colorado that could be very dangerous off the wing. Is that a good idea? Cause maybe they use that speed to eventually break back inside. Like that is a very dynamic forward core. And yes, they have the defense uh, guys like Victor Hedman who could step up and, 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 and hold some of these guys in check, but like Colorado is just fast and high octane. And at some point, like the dam might break with this team. But also, I feel like you could almost say that statement for both of these teams. It's very interesting trying to find the weaknesses and advantages with both of these teams because maybe not necessarily that they mirror each other in either way. It's just that one thing that you might see as an advantage could could be negated, but also there's a way for them around it. Like both of these two teams have the tools to 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 really get at, get at each other. It's going to be really fascinating to see. Like I'm I'm really intrigued at that. That's why I think Kadri and Point are so crucial. Like if, yes. if Tampa gets that added element and let's say he can only play the wing because, and well, you got Sorelli. So he plays on Sorelli's wing, takes Hagel's role, but still a really, really smart impact player that can, that can uh, really, really assist the lightning here uh, in taking back some of that speed advantage and, and that smarts advantage uh, and just doing exactly what the lightning do. I mean, Braden Point is one of the key factors in laying the groundwork for a game plan execution. Like he is one of those guys who does everything the right way and, and someone that they lean on normally in these sort of moments, but Kadri, if they don't have him, the light or the, the avalanche, it does, you know, create a little bit of an opening. You kind of have to lean more on Nathan McKinnon who could get shut down by the Sorelli point tandem. If they're together, uh, it's it's definitely possible. So if they don't have Kadri back, that second and third line might not be able to create the advantage needed in order to take back a lot from this series because it's going to put a lot of pressure on the McKinnon line to produce if you can't rely on either a second or third line to be dominant uh, within the five-on-five run and play. So I, I really do think it's important um, when like assessing who's going to win this series which player is going to get or which team is going to get a key player back and which key player is going to be able to really help their team. If, if Braden points laboring and can't go, well, then you don't have that advantage. And if Nazem Kadri can't shoot or, or handle the puck, then he's not going to be the same player. So uh, there's a bit of an unknown here with those two players and whether or not one of them will get back in. Almost feels like between Kadri and point, like which injured center comes back first and yep. Like whichever one gets as many games in before the other one gets in could play a role into how 
uh, it could the series could shape up for that respective team just because of the abilities that both of them bring. Like Kadri's had himself a game breaking postseason and has been excellent in terms of providing added scoring for that top for the for the top talent team on for the top talent on that team and bringing point. He's he's a, he's always been a gamer in the postseason as well. They need those players. It, and and we, we hear that point is extremely probable to come back. Who knows when Kadri's going to come back? It, it might be a race to determining uh, which of these centers are going to be healthy first. At least they have till Wednesday to get themselves together, but that might not be enough time for Kadri and, and point to necessarily be ready for the start of that series. Yeah, a little bit of time should help Braden Point, though, I, I think, because he it looks like he's inching back. Uh, uh, he did some... You know, there's speculation that he might play in game six and now he'll have another week or or, or almost a week uh, to get himself ready where Kadri, I think they kind of know like he probably could play, but how effective is he going to be? I don't know if a couple extra days will help him. Maybe as much as it'll help point again, that's speculative, but uh, it seems like those two are going to play a big role in this series, um, but it, it might come down to which one can play a bigger role uh, in terms of uh, how it might tilt the series. Uh, there is maybe money coming in on the lightning a little bit because I'm seeing plus 155 to win the series now. So again, 10 bucks mm. would uh, 10 bucks would help you bag 25 and a half dollars if if that's indeed the route you were gonna go. Um, let's pick the series not against any spread or with with any with any uh, um, odds because we got the last chapter of the confidence challenge here. Now, if we had the same pick here, you win. Um, and I don't want to force a pick on you. I don't want to force the entertainment value on you. So I think we should pick this series on the count of one, two, three. Are you ready? Do you know who you're going to okay. pick in this series? Do I have to also say, uh, so like, since it's just one team, I guess it's just one team. It's worth it, worth eight points. You're up six. So I have to get it right. You have to get it wrong in order for this to, uh, in order for the result to not be firm, uh, if if we both pick the same series, or we both pick the t- same team, um, then you will get six Bobby Margaritas sent to Montreal. Um, but if we pick a different series, then it's it's up in the or a different team, it's up in the air. So I think we should, you know, say it on the count of three. If yes. you are ready to make your pick, um, I'm ready to make my pick. And I, I, the lag might cost us here, but we'll try it. So we'll go in three. Two, two, one, one. Tampa Bay, Colorado. Beautiful. Oh, we picked different. Was, we picked I mean, different. I went, I went Tampa just because I thought you go Colorado because I need it. I need it to make it interesting, or else I lose. So, yeah. Tampa Bay Lightning win. I get some alcohol sent my way. Colorado yes. Avalanche, the favorites at minus one seventy five. If they win, six Bobby Margaritas coming your way. I'm glad we did that because you could have easily just said Tampa. If I said Tampa, the but I, I know you're an upstanding individual here. You're not going to win that way. If I lose this challenge, man, I'm going to be so embarrassed. I had a massive lead. I felt really, <laughs> I thought I was winning the damn thing. I was like, all right, cool. After the conference final, I got it in the bag. I mean, you got a huge advantage and, and you should win it. If I, I do, I would pick Colorado if, if it was just, you know, if it, if this wasn't the case, but uh, I want to make it interesting. And I thought about, flipping so you got too. a big advantage thought, and you deserve the big, very advantage. hard about flipping. I thought very hard about flipping. I was thinking like, man, just the way Tampa. If you said, up, Tam- like, you know, if you said Tampa there, it would have been, <laughs> it would have blown up in my face. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Though. You know what? If, if, if you win, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll get you some St. Ambois, uh beer and uh, you know, I'll have that coming your way. I don't know if you're coming for F1 or not, but uh, we'll, we'll figure something out. 
still TBD, but I, I think we need we need to package get the the FedEx your way. Uh, Are you coming for the draft? Probably not. Uh, I expect to be in Montreal at some point, but we're we're gonna figure out something this we'll summer. It's out. gonna happen. We'll work that out. You It'll should be in for the draft. Everyone's coming in for the draft. I know, I know. I probably should go, but uh, you should go. You should totally go. Even Tic Tac Tomar might show up for the draft. Wow. Like, I mean, like, if we have to, should... if we could do a live zone time, if the, if we got to make, we got to make it a content play. We got to have something going to, uh, to twist my arm a little bit. I think, I mean, that, look, if that's, what's going to have to happen, because I mean, you know, I'm, I'm here, you know, a- yeah, Avery coming in, Tic Tac Tomar is already wondering who's coming. Like, I, I think the powers that be at Yahoo, not to turn this into a board meeting all of a sudden, <laughs> but uh, there is an angle here that could work where, you know, we all just come in, we do a we do a zone time recording or whatever, and we make it work. Then you turn it into a whole team bonding thing. We all just like go out and like hang out and, and whatever. Dude, I'll put some time after pack. dark. Yay. I'll put together the uh, the pitch to uh, the bosses at Yahoo. I know I'm not the full time employee here, but I'd like to think I have like a little bit of sway. So we'll make something work. Let's put pressure on the people that matter. Um, I was gonna we were gonna do a coaching thing because there's a lot of whatever hearsay. There was a you know a nice little graphic we could use from last night from the broadcast from Sportsnet with uh, putting you know like a little elementary school thing where you're matching up uh, where these where these uh, coaches could go. But oh, yeah. let's, re- let's react to it when it happens. I don't think there's anything that's that fascinating. A lot of what we expect. So let's let's uh, wait on that, maybe for a Zone Time episode or a future yeah. Yahoo Sports Hockey podcast. And let's jump right into the tire pumps. Uh, I'm going to give mine to the RBC Canadian Open, the best golf tournament that happened this weekend by far. Oh, wow. Uh, but I just think, you know, this, we haven't seen the RBC Canadian Open in a couple of years. It has never historically been this like really prioritized event on the PGA tour, but this year it looks amazing on TV. The field is fantastic. The fans and the atmosphere is tremendous. They're having a great time there. I think that this is maybe the start of the rehabilitation of what should be one of the biggest events in Canadian sports year after year. I'm glad that they're putting a little bit extra into it. I'm glad that the PGA tour and the PGA tour PGA Tour superstars wanted to show the other tour, the live tour, that the best players are still playing in the PGA Tour this weekend. I think it was kind of deliberate that a lot of the best players showed up at St. George's. But I mean, I just think it's a world class event uh, by what we've seen. And they put a little extra effort into it this year. And they're going to continue to do that, make it something that people really want to go to year in, year out. And it looks awesome on tv i wish i was able to make my way down there uh but i've had to settle for the tv product which has been awesome so shout out to everybody who put that that show on because uh it's been it's been great to have the tournament back and it's great that they're taking it to the next level here here that sounds pretty cool um i was i've been thinking about my tire pump here and i guess i could give two uh, but they'd be for two wildly different individuals. So oh, on one on. end, I, I I love how Draymond Green has made himself obviously a villain as he would normally and normally would. But mm-hmm. podcasting as a result of uh, has entered the discourse as a man who seems to be just as into selling himself on podcasts 
as much as he is into winning an NBA Finals trophy with the Golden State Warriors. I just love this storyline. I love how he's pushing it, and it's giving us all that sweet, sweet content that we desire. So a tire pump goes to Draymond Green. And um, at the same time, as Game 6 was going down last night uh, with the Rangers and the Lightning, I happened to be at an AHL Calder Cup playoff game between the Laval Rocket and the Springfield Thunderbirds, a game that went to overtime and resulted mm-hmm. in the Springfield Thunderbirds winning and taking a series lead. In fact, the game-winning goal happened around the same time as the eventual game-winning goal for the Tampa Bay Lightning. And you could there's so many players on this Thunderbirds team, a lot of AHL guys, the St. Louis Blues affiliate, a lot of guys who have actually had former ties to the Montreal Canadiens. In fact, Charlie Lindgren, Ryan Lindgren's brother, playing in that Mm -hmm. game but the real deal james neal is the man who was the ot winner uh who had the ot winner in that game his third of the postseason very interesting that a guy who has been known for scoring goals in the national hockey league can only get some opportunities in the ahl at this point but it was kind of a cool nostalgia play to see that see him get some get some shots in in an ahl playoff game and score a massive goal that now puts his team one win away from the calder cup final so uh tire pumps this week draymond green and james neal for me i i love the james neal one i'm shocked it is shocking to me that james neal is playing in the american hockey league right now not because he doesn't deserve to be but like that he's willing to do it is almost like it is shocking to me I, i don't know i don't know james neal i don't really know anything about him but the fact that he is playing hard and well and scoring goals in the american hockey league in the playoffs is shocking to me. Like it's, it's, you know, you have to play if you want your paycheck, but uh, I'm surprised he wants his paycheck that bad. This guy who's made a lot of money and I didn't think would ever have the time uh, for an American hockey league demotion. So congrats to him for taking it in stride and actually competing. That's pretty awesome. The Draymond one, I'm not as into like, that's great. You're making us content. You're giving us something to think about, but this guy is luggage. He is awful. I mean, unless he he's being bad. self-deprecating <laughs> on the podcast, bad. unless he's sa- taking some of the blame, although it's 2-2, but, like, he's been so bad, and he's getting ready for his post-playing career. Maybe it's time to step into that post-playing career because he cannot help this team anymore. He's been awful, he has really been bad. bad. He has and been I don't bad. think he's probably admitting that on his podcast. But uh, shout-out to the he Golden State Warriors. He would never do that. Y'all you know, get but, this podcast. But he's... Man, he is if, – if I'm Steph Curry and I'm out there, I, I need to score 35 a night in order for us to win because Draymond just doesn't have it, and he's going straight to the podcast after? Like, dude, just give me 10 yeah. boards and help me, th- like, that way rather than focusing on that. I mean, I it, whatever. I sound like a caveman, archaic, and I – No, no, no. I actually, no, you have a, you I actually love that he does it, but he's awful. And it's a tough look when you're not doing your job to do another to do the other job. Like in any, you're a guy with many jobs. If you're not doing your main one at a reasonable level, and you're doing all this other stuff, how's your employer going to be reacting to that? Like, oh, he's, he's going to get pissed. brutal. He's brutal. I uh, but I don't think anything me- can help him be brutal right now. So you, you got to do what you got to do to make sure that that money keeps rolling in for the next twenty years. And I guess his media career is exactly how he's going to do that for me is the fact that his mom is out here tweeting look stop asking me where my son is i don't know who that is is that a clone in there when your mom has questions about your play 
man, that's when you know you are not doing well. That being said, we are getting all this delicious, amazing content. And as someone who likes distractions from the everyday grind of covering the National Hockey League, I can appreciate this being a side story. And I don't know if podcasting will ever get better than this. No, it's uh, it's great. It definitely adds an, an added element to the NBA Finals, which is uh, being stretched out quite considerably, maybe over by the time I think the Stanley Cup final begins. Uh, it, it may have a small overlap, but the stage will be set uh, for Colorado in Tampa Bay soon enough. It's going to be a fantastic Stanley Cup final. It may not be 6-5 every night, but it is the two best teams in the NHL going at it, which is really all that we can ask for. The Tampa Bay Lightning going for the three-peat. The Colorado Avalanche looking to finally get that Stanley Cup that we all had them pegged for uh, with the Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantanen, Kale McCarr era. It should be a fantastic final, and we'll be here to break it down on both the Iowa Sports Hockey Podcast and Zone Time. Julian, thanks again for another Sunday. It's been a delight. Likewise, brother. Likewise. In peace. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's stamps.com code program.